the second time you were starting. Oh, are we starting something? Probably. I miss the old time. <laughs> I know. It's uh it's like a it's like a game show. It is. We're we're gonna figure it that is. out though. That's the next thing. Yeah. Okay. That's uh that's going in the budgeting expenses. Whew. We are upside down on this. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, <laughs> podcast is a money suck. Um Welcome to the Center Insight Podcast with Ben and Patrick. It's it, it, I've tried it a few different ways with you, me, Mike. It, you're first. What do you mean? Patrick and Ben. It, I don't like it. Yeah, I think you go the shorter syllable name first, right? Well, ben and Patrick. Okay. And I'm not switching to Pat. That's we talked about that. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, so. We've talked about that. It My, doesn't fit well. Yeah. Now, but I feel like you and your wife, you're Patrick and Cammy. You're not Cammy and Patrick. That's because I'm the man. The man. Okay, <laughs> that's not where I thought this was going to go. Are you, it's it's been in Darlene. It is. I. It's never backwards. Yeah. My first wife, her name was Alicia. Probably still is. I don't think she changed it. So, but it was Ben and Alicia. Okay. Yeah. Well, Shout out Alicia. Hope you're doing well. Hey, hey! Not offending her today. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> I got to get out of here. That'd be crazy <laughs> if she found this and she's like, oh, "I'm gonna listen to this." That guy's still. Oh my. Gosh, there's no way. There's no way. Uh, we, we may see if we come back to this conversation. Cammy and I had a conversation about friends of ours who have exes. And oh, okay. We can, how, yeah. how that conversation plays out. So if I'd it like, comes up later, I may throw that in there. That's just fine. I, I'd love to hear your take on it. I would like to take drink on before it. we start talking about <laughs> failed marriages. Well, uh, I, have a, I have a guy who can help us with that. Exactly. <laughs> help us out, Eddie. Hey, Eddie. Good to see you. Just <laughs> Just a little one, though. Just, uh, we got a few Any of these today. Any little drink. Any little drink will do. It'll do. Yeah. It really goes down easy. Come on. Cilantro. Cilantro! Today, we are having a Boulevardier. Um, have we done this before? Mm -mm. No. We talked about We've... it, though, because we had a Negroni recently. And a Negroni is the Italian version of this drink. A Negroni's gin. And this is bourbon. So today we're actually using, um, it's a little high octane. It, it's, um, <laughs> we're using Bardstown Discovery Series, okay. which I think is about 114 proof. Which is going to make these podcasts be a little bit I heard we were fun. talking about X's, so <laughs> I planned accordingly. Um, actually, we weren't talking about X's. We, we, yeah, it's, uh, but but we no, are, this, is, this is sweet vermouth, bourbon. You can use any bourbon. We just are using yeah. a higher yeah. grade bourbon today, and Campari. Um, and Campari is the part of it that I don't. <laughs> it is because it's 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 a bitter pill. I mean, this is a nice balanced drink. This mm -hmm. is this is a good drink. Um, but yeah, but it's high It's you okay. You doing all right? <laughs> I'm okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm talk from the back of my throat. A little Ooh. <laughs> a little more center is going to come out today. That's now that's bass talk. That's Ooh, not banjo talk. Ooh, ha. <laughs> Um, yeah, welcome to Center and Saint Podcast, where we discuss the best and the worst of life, particularly ours, uh, and, uh, and how we're managing that. And, um, I, I'm going to start just off the bat, like, I think it was our last session, I've, I've been on a sabbatical, and, mm -hmm. and I've stayed pretty, uh, I would cloistered okay. a little bit. Define that for people who might not know what cloistered is. Uh, cloistered is, is just the sense of being kind of shut off from community, being okay. in a, a, 
monks, nuns, they, when they, in the Abbey, they're cloistered, they're okay. set off, they're apart from the rest of the world. And so being on sabbatical outside of my regular rhythms yeah. of interactions and meetings and being with people, uh, as my son says, uh, talking a lot and going to meetings, okay. um, which is, <laughs> what's your dad do? Talks a lot and goes to meetings. It's pretty much, pretty much it. Okay. Um, and I love it, but I've been cloistered for six weeks. Uh, so I've not had a lot of interaction and I, and I kind of said, you know, I've been, I've been cut off. So I don't have a lot of, I mean, I, my center moments are few and far between. And then like when I re-listened to that, when I thought about that, I was like, that's a, I wasn't, I didn't appreciate that. Like, I was like, that's not true. You deal with your own demons all the time. And we typically don't go into our own demons. Uh, we don't make this. A, Is that what we're doing today? I'm going to, I'm going to just say, no, no, <laughs> I'm just going to say, things. like, my center moment is, uh, it, that took me on a little bit of a journey. Of just, with Sensies and Saintsies? Uh, we are. Okay. We're going to go right into right. it. And then we'll get to what other fun stuff. But it was, we'll um, we we'll get to where we get to. Uh, for me, it was like, no, no, I, I deal with anger. Um, okay. Uh, and it, and I, I compartmentalize that and then bury it until it bubbles to the top and comes out. Uh, so you don't feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it usually shows up at some point. So wait, now I'm going to, I'm going to, I want you to go deeper on that. Mm. So when you deal with daily stresses, anxieties, whatever, lack of control of situations, things that are disappointments. So if I'm understanding you right, you just kind of compartmentalize those and shove them down, but then eventually that kettle bubbles over and then there's a release valve, right? Yeah, so we, okay. uh, I'm in, I, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I would be in the Enneagram two wing one, and uh, two wing two, twos are givers, uh, selfless, uh, serving of others, which means, uh, and ones are uh, people who, who are reformers. They like to create mm-hmm. systems and the proper systems um, and tend to be a little bit of rule followers. And so my my primary primary place of operating from is is to serve others, and in that the way that I interact uh, with my anger is uh, is I set it aside because if I'm angry, then I people don't people are resistant or put off by that and don't want to. That's not sure. You don't want somebody angry helping you, uh, and so it's counterproductive. Unless you're Ed DeBevix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and so uh, I I keep all that anger aside, or try to keep all that anger aside, so that I can be useful and helpful to others. Which means I don't often pay attention to that later. Yeah. Go I don't back process and process it. And, yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then it usually bubbles up. Uh, as we've talked about often, yeah. unfortunately, with my family, gets the brunt of that. Oh, boy, uh, yeah. and we I, love to hurt yeah, the ones we yeah. love. Yeah, and so I've, I've been, Oof. I have worked on it. this podcast uh, has helped me. Uh, interesting enough to keep that at the forefront of my mind. Of, time. Yeah, you know, if we're not helping anybody else, you know, we're helping we're helping each other out. Maybe oh. or you're helping me out. So okay, there we are. Yeah. That's it. We're helping <laughs> me out. So um, emotionally, I've been a wreck for 49 <laughs> episodes, but. After I said that on the podcast, I was like, oh, that's kind of a, uh, well, I won't say what I thought I said. It wasn't a very, that wasn't a fair assessment. Sure. Um, and and we don't want to get a lot into our confessionals and whatever. But I also wanted, it was like, eh, I'm going to clear the air a little bit of like, no, I, I deal with anger. And, and the exercise, I, I, I had some training um, in, the, in the way of anger. And I heard this really great way of processing anger is anger is a secondary emotion that uh, processes itself or, be, or is prompted by uh, f- your fears or your unmet expectations. And mm-hmm. so when you're angry, if you can go down that pathway mm-hmm. of exploring, okay, what, what 
in this and my anger am I afraid of happening? Sure. Um, or afraid of not happening and, and or what expectation is not being met here. Um, and so that, that always helps me to dive deeper into those emotions to find the source of that. And yeah. I will say the last couple of weeks has been that process of me sitting in that anger and yeah. trying to say, okay, like, what is that? Where does that come from? Yeah. Um, because I don't think, and I want to clarify, like anger is not a sin. So I, I don't just because it's just an emotion. It's yeah. a, it's an emotion. It's neutral. Uh, it is what you choose to do with that anger. And so for me, I want my anger to be fruitful. Uh, I want it to be able to challenge or, or channel or work through that anger in a way that that it's beneficial ultimately to myself, but that also that it doesn't become uh, cumbersome to my family or to other people who are in my circle. Mm -hmm. uh, and so either that's by me communicating more clearly the expectations that I may need in a relationship, which isn't always possible, um, or that I make sure that I am managing uh, my own fears or anxieties uh, of life. And so uh, my center moment the last couple of weeks is I, I've been dealing with my anger um, and dealing with certainly both of those sides of things that I'm afraid of and unmet expectations. And I'm not, I'm not going to go deeper here with that. Um, but that has been the process of some of the things I'm sitting in. I'm not, I'm not through that process. Um, cause that's a lot of internalization and sure. Unpacking of garbage, uh, and experiences. Um, but trying to see that clearly and just to be kind of be a little bit more, um, honest, uh, and transparent without necessarily being completely vulnerable, if that, if that if that makes sense. Like it does, it does. Now let me ask you this though: What are and you you feel free not to answer? Yeah, yeah. What are healthy ways that you have found to expel that anger or just even even stress or mounting pressure? What are healthy ways that you found to exhaust that? So for for me, like two restorative practices for me, based on my personality and my enneagram that I know of are silence and solitude. Okay. So, and what that does is it removes me from um, the catalysts that influence me that are natural in my, mm -hmm. in my behavior. So I, because I naturally want to serve, if you remove me from that opportunity by solitude, then, then I'm, I don't have that as a, as a, as a crutch to who I am. Mm -hmm. Like my identity isn't how much now that I can serve you or help somebody out. My identity is who am I as a person, okay. which is more important than what I do as a personality, which is sure. is key for Enneagram because a lot of people want to hold on to their personalities. And that's a great thing. You need to understand who you are and what your base place of observa observation is mm -hmm. uh, and interaction is. But people, we often use that as an excuse for why we act the way we do. And it shouldn't be, yeah. it shouldn't be an excuse of why we do what we do, but it should be there as a tool to inform us of why we do what we do okay. and then to explore that so that we can, um, I would say, possess that as okay. so, so that it doesn't possess us, right? And so when I move into solitude, I'm not possessed to serve anyone mm -hmm. because now I'm removed from that. And so, right. so then I have to turn that attention to me. How do I need to serve myself? Self-care, the thing we talked sure. about a few episodes sure. ago yeah. that I'm not good at. Right. And, right. Uh, and so that's, that's a hard thing to give myself permission to, give myself room to do that. Um, and then the silence is kind of that same thing. Because I have meetings and talk a lot, um, <laughs> that removes that from me where I'm not 
talking where I'm not thinking about, okay, what do I need to say and how do I need to say it and how do I need to make sure that it lands or whatever, the, you know, whatever all that is. Um, but how do I listen? Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly, how do I listen to all the voices sure. that are going on in there? So that's that's my process that I know is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not, I don't take enough, and it's hard to find that time uh, with obligations and commitments, and that, that's not an excuse. Um, that's one thing as, I, as I'm working out of the sabbatical is how do I make sure that I'm intentional with engaging in those practices because I know how restorative they are for me. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, that's it. I'm I'm sweating. I'm good. sweating now. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Man. Um, yeah, let me have a drink. Okay. Get this man a drink, Eddie. Mm, mm. Ugh, what are you doing, Eddie? Thank you, Eddie. I'm glad it's stiff. I'm going to need that. It is a stiff drink. Um, so, a stiff drink. So the saint moment, if I stay in that stream of thought, and again, you don't have to follow me into this stream. No, um, I can. I can. The, the stream of thought for me there then is, that has to go with this is to give yourself grace, uh, which is which is also very difficult to do. Sure. Um, and, the, and the best you know best explanation that I heard of grace and mercy is grace is um, grace is giving you what you don't deserve. Why mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of go hand in hand. You, you got to say that a couple times to kind of get it. Um, but that's the hard thing of being like, okay, like. And I have to, I kind of have to step out of myself and say, okay, if I was, if I was coaching someone or, or pastoring someone in this, what is the grace or the mercy that I would be bestowing upon them to help them through this situation? Because we, mm-hmm. we beat ourselves up, right? We're our own worst enemies. Uh, we know our, our, we know the depth of our sinful thoughts, mm-hmm. whatever those may be, our dark thoughts, um, and. Uh, and so uh, how do we walk back from that edge of being like, okay, like, yeah, here's where, here's where you can't. So I, so I've been trying to do that as well. Uh, and, it's, and, and through that, that process for me has looked like um, having affirmative statements, which is also kind of what we've talked about. It's hard to sometimes come with your saint moments because it feels like you're, you're blowing your horn, right? Oh, let me, sure. let me put myself on sure. a pedal a little, but you have to do these affirmations that acknowledge the truth that lies in um, what, what, which I would say is goodness and beauty and truth. Mm-hmm. And so it comes back mm-hmm. to those transcendentals that we've talked about in earlier episodes. And so acknowledging, okay, where have I, where have I embodied that in my life? Because we, we ignore that, right? I, mm-hmm. I think I heard, and I don't know, I never saw official stats on this, but I remember in college just hearing for every insult you receive in life, it takes 10 compliments to counter that. Yeah, and and we're not a positive and affirming culture or no, society no. in general, no. uh, and then I think that's even more so for ourselves um, that we hear these voices or the narratives that have come from family members or uh, peers or bosses or teachers or whatever the case may be, and and in that pain, anger, whatever, if we can go back and find where some of those core narratives have started from mm-hmm. and identify who, where did we hear that from first. And where have we internalized that as part of our narrative of who we are? Sure. Part of that affirmation is that's that's not true. That was their perspective. That was theirs. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it was in that moment. Maybe maybe there was some truth to that, but it's not the whole truth of who I am. Yeah. Uh, and so trying to find those uh, affirming uh, notions and also recognizing, again, go back to my core personality of being a giver. 
where am I giving altruistically and not because uh, I'm giving out of obligation or even out of manipulation. Mm -hmm. I'm giving so that in turn I can yeah. get something from you or yeah. manipulate the relationship in some way. So that's is that I, what that's this a, is? Has this been one big manipulation? You've been Hey, yeah, it's twenty eight episodes, it's works. <laughs> 29. Oh, talk about learning new things on a Saturday hey, Surprise. So there's a little bit of vagueness to there, but I hopefully there's enough meat on the bone to... to there's enough for people to interpret it however they wish to interpret yeah, it. Yeah, without, again, I don't yeah. I don't necessarily, uh, in this format, care to... Sure. Today. Sure. Not well, after, I'll bail you out. Not there. after this drink. So. Yeah, no, I'll bail you out. Um, talking about center and, and saint moments around anger, um, this was... Recently, um, so I follow the English Premier League, and I follow it. That's uh, European soccer, European soccer, football, well, as they call it. Yeah, uh, but just English, not all. I mean, it's part of European soccer, but it's only in England. Um, so they have. I really like the design of the league because it's terrifying. Um, they are the top tier of five tiers of English football. The bottom three teams at the end of the season, if you finish 18th, 19th, or 20th, you have to go down to the Tier 2 team, tier two League, and the top three teams from them go up, and it's all the way down. It's a, it's a trickle-down effect, yeah. um, which is exciting and horrifying yeah. all at once because my team is currently in 19th, and as some people say, it's like sitting over the moon door from Game of Thrones, where it was like this, the moon door opens and somebody just falls through to the, you know, and uh, it's, so all of January, they have a transfer window, which is like free agency. You can get players from anywhere. Like there was one team signed a player from LSU here in the United States. Like, so, I mean, it's worldwide. You can grab yeah, any yeah. player. Hmm. My team spent $0. They acquired no one. They is not Ted, only is Ted Lasso the coach. Oh my gosh, I know, right? They acquired no one. They even worse gave away two strikers or goal scorers. Uh, sold them, didn't give them away, but sold them. Well, one they did just release, but and I was like, so I'm watching deadline day, and and because it's, I mean, they they get done at eleven o'clock, but it's six o'clock our time, so I get home from work and I'm watching deadline day, and I'm like, they got to do something. They got they have. They have money. Yeah. They've got to do something. They do nothing. My wife was there with me, watching along. She's reading her book as I'm watching. I get up. Just, I internalize everything. <laughs> I am furious. I get up. I deep clean my whole kitchen. <laughs> like, whole kitchen in silence. And that's the weird thing. If I'm in the kitchen, if I'm cooking, if I'm doing anything... There's always music on. Like, there's, I mean, I, this morning when I came, there was a game playing yeah, in my pocket. Yeah, like, so there's going. always music in my life. If there is, if I'm doing something in silence and I don't have earbuds in, just stay away. Because I am at the height of anger. And I was just furious. And she recognized that. She's like, oh boy, he. This is not good. He is beside himself with anger. And I deep clean the whole kitchen, which is not, she likes doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she likes doing this. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I need this. Uh-huh. She's like, okay. All right. All right. She bags, she bags away. <laughs> so it takes you about an you. hour. I, I cool down a little bit. And then I uh, make dinner. And we're sitting at dinner. And she's like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And God love her. This was great. She goes, I've not seen you that mad 
since the Bears traded up one pick to get <laughs> Trubisky. And she's like, you went in the backyard wow. that day wow. and had a full-on tantrum. And I was like, I was so mad when they didn't draft Patrick Mahomes and they drafted mm. Mitch Trubisky. And I was that was their option. Yeah. Wow. Well, and Deshaun Watson was also their option, but he wow. turned out to be a terrible wow. threat. But I was like, dude, Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. Uh-huh. The Bears are trading up to get Patrick Mahomes. Finally, they're oh. going to get a mobile quarterback. Nope. Nope. They got the great white hope out of North Carolina. But it was so funny that she like equated those where she's like, I've not seen you that mad since the Bears gave up all those picks to the Niners just to get Mitch Trubisky. And I was like, yeah, I was that level angry. She's like, it's so funny how angry you get about sports. And I was like, I really do. And I, but I'm all in. I mean, I, I love that club and I will continue to follow them if they get relegated. But I, yeah. Now the center moment, or the Saint moment. So I'm, I'm going to go back. Oh, There's failed, failed expectations, right? Your expectation of... My expectation is you have <laughs> tens of millions of dollars to... And so a Sky Sports announcer twisted the knife when he was also like... Everton have made offers to 17 strikers in the transfer window. All 17 turned them down because they don't want to go to Everton. Well, yeah, it's not because right. the money wasn't yeah, there. It's uh-huh. like... I'm staying away from that tire fire. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're like, why would I go to Everton? They suck. <laughs> so, yes, it was failed expectations on... Oh. <laughs> Anyways, um, yes, failed expectations on what I thought they would do for a fan base. Uh-huh. And I'm, just, I'm just part of that fan base. Yeah. I mean, it does not personally affect me in any way. No, but you did. On a Tuesday night... My kitchen got spotless. I mean, my kitchen looked great. Um, so thanks a lot, Everton. Uh, awesome. I, I, you get fired up about sports, mm-hmm. uh, where it can emotionally wreck your day. Oh, it can. Amp- Purdue basketball can wreck my day. And I, and I, that's that's foreign to yep. me. Like yep. that was, and and that happened for me. I know that happened in high school because um, I used to be the same way. Like, yeah. Um, and so so yeah, I, I was calling me a high schooler. No, no, no I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I totally get that. That's it's an yeah. interesting dynamic. Um, but also, and there's a lot of fans. I mean, yeah, we've had plenty of stories where a championship is won and the fans go out and destroy the city, and you're oh, like, yeah. what are you doing? Oh yeah, like, how yeah. does that help? When, yeah, when, or vice versa, especially yeah. like, oh yeah, lose. when when uh, Belgium got knocked out of the group stage in the World Cup this year, like they just. Lit Brussels on fire, yeah. and it's just like not only cars but buildings yeah. and things. Like they got, you're like, what are you doing? Real upset. Yeah. You know, everybody deals with anger. Just go clean a kitchen. I, just go clean a kitchen. Do not set a how car much, on fire. How much the the world would be a better place if angry sports fans angry went and just cleaned clean. up the world. All you gotta do is deep clean in silence, <laughs> and like, and every scrub just gets harder. Well, you know, you, you gonna, get a lot of good cleaning done. I'm gonna build an online class you for get that. A lot of good yeah. Cleaning done. yeah. Philadelphia is going to need that, I think. Oh, gosh. Philadelphia is. Well, Philadelphia. I mean, you guys peaked in 1776. Let's just say it. So, get bodied, Philadelphia. Anyways, um, my same moment about anger was recently my wife and I got into an argument. And this was all me. 100% me. It had nothing to do with her. Always is. I was just... I don't know what exactly was happening. But I decided to take out my frustration on her one night. And as we started talking, I realized in the moment, I was like, you are being really toxic right now, dude. Like, you need to stop this yeah, thing yeah. immediately. And the, oh, I love like, this. So you saw it. And I like, saw it. I recognized yeah. it. But 
I didn't know what to do. Ah. So I just went to bed. <laughs> like, it was the weirdest thing. Yeah. And she just let me. But it was legit like 7.15. <laughs> and, like, I just went and put myself to bed. And was like, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. And so the next Just like, just day, like an angry child. Like, this child is just on... Just go to bed. And, like, you know, you're not far off because it was... I was so infected with the emotion of anger yeah that i really didn't know how to get myself out of it other than just stop being in the moment sure like and and so it wasn't even like i'm gonna go take a walk because i used to when i before my dog died i would just go take the dog on a walk mm-hmm. and that's what i needed to decompress but i'm like yeah like, we don't have a dog well, what am i gonna do and so it, the, my whole mentality was just dude just go to bed just stop saying dumb things yeah. stop hurting your wife yeah. go to bed and the next day when we talked about it, she was like, so what exactly happened last night? Yeah. And I, I owned oh. up to all of it. And she's like, why'd you go to bed? I was like, because I was saying hey. dumb things. Uh-huh. And like the only way I knew how to stop saying things that were going to hurt you was to just stop being awake. Time out. I was like, because I feel like eat. she's like, we could have sat on the couch. I go, I don't know that I would have stopped. Because nah, yeah. like, I'm just an idiot. And like that emotion can overrun me. Oh. And I'm like, so I just, my, my best course of action was to stop being awake. Yeah. So I just made that happen. And she was like, oh, okay. And I, I was like, so I, I mean, I owned up to all of it and apologized and we, we, you know, we were fine, but I was still just like, yeah, I didn't know what to do other than just go to sleep. Yeah. So, I've, I've never, I've never had anything. Like, I've never done that. Never, ever, ever. Most, most people. Good on you, man. Good on you. If you've never, and if, and if you believe you've that, your I've like got that, an oceanfront property just a few miles away. I'd love to. I think you'd be really interested. In I think that. I've got four and a half dollars in my pocket. What do you say? <laughs> no, I I love that because um, that's fight or flight, right? So, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not a I'm not a neurologist. I'm not a psychologist, but I I love to learn about. That's true. Not a I don't. Well, I don't have a certificate that says I am. So. You can buy that on the internet. I'd be a ham radio psychologist, I guess, is how that would work. <laughs> um, but but it's, that, it's, fly, it's fight or flight, uh, sure. which is how our brain functions. Um, and when we're in those, in that fight mode, like our logical part of our brain shuts off. Gone. It's done, it, it completely disconnects and we start using another part of our brain, which is uh, complete instinctual and survival mode. Mm-hmm. And it's not thinking rationally, it's thinking survivor mode. And mm-hmm. so, and and they say the best way to derail that and to reset that is just by breathing. So like mm-hmm. we talk about this, you know, breathe 10 seconds, right? That, yeah. because that puts oxygen back in the brain, which then activates the prefrontal cortex, which gets you thinking rationally again to be yeah. like, so you, you had enough of that acting that you're just like, you sound like a complete idiot. And enough awareness. So there's a couple yeah. things going on there, but yeah. you're just like, just stop. But at the same time, like it, you had that place of like, but I don't know what to do. Right. And so the, I just need to reset and reset looks like me going to bed. Sure. Because yeah. if I, if I yeah. sit in, sit on the couch with her, I'm just going to continue to cycle. Right. And my reset used to be, I'd go walk max. Yeah. Or, you right. Know, and so, yeah, there's, there's a host of ways that I can reset. Um, Which is why that solitude, just, that solitude, I think is also, I think, I think, a gift that helps you where you're able to step away yeah. from the situation and, and come back to equilibrium. Um, yeah. And, it, but also I think, I think that solitude 
is compounded by like you and I, you and I have, we've talked about before, we have very different lives. Yeah. Like, and, and so, you know, maybe one of the reasons that I allow sports to have that like all in mentality for me is like, I, I don't have kids. I don't, I'm not yeah. close with my parents. Like I don't have that kind of stuff in my life where it's like, cause like family stress is a whole nother level of stress, but I think it's, somewhat healthy to have that stress in your life because you need to have all the different functions of emotion in your life. You need to have happiness and sadness and anger and all that stuff. And so, you know, I, I just, I allow sports to really tick me off to the point of throwing a tantrum in the backyard because the bears are stupid. Yeah. Your, your statement right there of like, you got to have the, the influences. Um, I, maybe that what's, maybe that, the, the podcast that recorded where I was like, oh, I don't have any sin moments. Look how, let me just, hold on, let me finish polishing my halo and I'll get back to your podcast. Wait, uh, yeah. <laughs> you have a halo? It's it's held up by the horns. I can't see yeah, it because yeah. I'm a sinner. <laughs> I can't see it because I'm a sinner. <laughs> but then I also heard this thing of like, we we often want a mellow life. Like we want, we don't want the, the, the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it was a Insta reel, I think that I heard this and he's like, if you look at a heart monitor, if someone's on a heart monitor, what's a heart monitor look like? It looks like Highs it and peaks lows. and lows. Yeah. And that tells you that you're alive. And the moment that it becomes flat is the moment that you stop living. Mm-hmm. And like, I that's remember that and I was like, yeah. dang, that's, that's exactly correct. Yeah. Like you need that imbalance. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we we often think about the tools that we need to handle that imbalance. I think that's something that we've necessarily lost in our culture. Uh, one of my clients uh, that I coach with uh, just talks. She's like, I, I hate these exercises where you make me do introspection because I don't. And, I, and we talked a little bit about that. It was just like, I don't. That's hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with that stuff when I see that stuff. Yeah. And they're yeah. like. And that client was like, I'm fine if I'm doing that with you. Yeah. Because now I have somebody to help guide me and kind of keep me on the road and sure. safe. Sure. But when I'm stuck in my apartment and do that introspection, like then I cycle out of control and I go off the oh, rails wow. and I, I don't know how to really... get back on. And, and so, so when they do that introspection in solitude is when it's detrimental to their It goes to the extremes, right? Now you're having huge sways in, oh, in the wavelength wow. and they're like and i and oh then i just spiral out of control because i'm cycling in a circumstance or a narrative that may or may not be true oh wow because emotionally i am most productive when alone it, yeah and, and i think and i think yeah. it's different personalities oh, that sure, help us sure. to do that but it's it's cool to hear that take right and i, and I think that person based on what i know of them what they could get there as well mm-hmm. um but that's they seek input and validation so mm-hmm. much from their external world mm-hmm. and so when you remove them from that external world that has to come intrinsically from whatever the worldview is that they've shaped sure and if that worldview has told them your value is only based on what the world tells you yeah you it's hard to get your own that's a hard narrative to find intrinsically yeah uh, from within so yeah, yeah I, I totally got that of like she needed um, uh, that safe space within our coaching sessions to be able to explore that stuff because she didn't want to mm. pop the lid, so to speak, on her own or individually. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Which is, is tricky because uh, that becomes then more of a therapy counseling session, which I always stress 
that's that's not what I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so which I always encourage, like, go see th- a therapist. Get a therapist. Find yeah. find you a therapist that will unpack that stuff. So yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, hmm. I, I'm fortunate that I have those tools. I don't always use them, and sometimes like even though even if you even if I have those tools, it is easier for me to utilize those tools if someone else is guiding me in that process mm-hmm. as opposed to me trying to guide myself. Sure. Um, yeah. Because even in guiding myself, I'm I'm. I'm operating from that kind of cognitive knowledge mm-hmm. perspective of the brain. And mm-hmm. sometimes in that space, you need to not be in control or mm-hmm. not, not be guided. You need someone else to guide you along that. Right? I need mm-hmm. you to hold my hand. I need you to put me on the guide rope to take me down the path that I need to go on. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Thanks. Thanks for that. So I'm going to, I'm going to transition this. Okay. To uh, the conversation uh, that my wife and I had, we had a we had a little bit of a road trip, and we always get into some fun conversations on that. And okay. and in the conversation, um, we had met with some friends, and they talked about how uh, their ex mm-hmm. was crazy. Oh, and Cammy Cammy said. <laughs> said isn't that what every every ex is crazy, right? If you talk to anybody who's who's divorced. Uh-huh. And the way that they explain their ex is they're they're crazy. They're crazy. They're just crazy. And so having an ex, like you've been there, and I and I, I do. I don't know if you I can't remember if you called her crazy. Um but I certainly want your perspective on this because I'm like, yeah, that's totally true. Any I've worked with a lot of divorced couples and sure. and certainly have heard that perspective sure. of like well, my ex is crazy. And I'm like, well, they weren't crazy when you were in the relationship with them. So well, maybe now, it was you that drove them to their insanity. Now, I've got a lot of opinions here. <laughs> so everybody's got a little crazy on them. Oh, absolutely. And that's okay. That's uh-huh. needed. Um, I will say <laughs> objectively regarding my ex-wife, no. She She's was not, not crazy. She, wa- uh, she might be crazy now. I don't know. We can keep in touch. We're not pen pals. Um, but no, I've, I've not talked to her in years, but I, my last, my last impression of her was no, she was not crazy. Okay. Um, we did not, we did not split up because she was crazy, nor was I crazy. It was just, we got married too young. We yeah. got out of college yeah. and we, there was the social pressure of our friends and everything. And we realized, well, this is the point where we either break up or get married. Mm. So I, we don't want to break up. So I guess let's get married. We never really... We never ventured on the idea of maybe we could just live together for a while and see if we're compatible long term. Maybe we because we were just college boyfriend girlfriend, yeah. and so um, and her having grown up in a pretty overly religious household, like living together before marriage wasn't an option, and so um, yeah, so we just got married, yeah, and and that was really it. It wasn't. Uh, it's not like top 10 mistakes of my life. That's not in the top 10. Yeah. Like, I We had a good marriage. It just, just happened. Yeah. We just shouldn't have been married. Yeah. And so that's the reality of it. We, um, yeah, we just got married too, too young to the wrong person. And so, and, and my wife and I kind of joked before that like, we both got it right the second time where a lot of people say that your second marriage is, oh, what's the quote? Your second marriage is hope in the face of adversity or something like that. Like where people are like, well, marriages fail, but I I'm hoping this one will work out. And I'm like, 
uh, I don't really feel that way. Like, my second marriage is great. Yeah. Like, we communicate well. But it's great by design. Like, it's not... I've said for many, many years, it took me a long time to realize relationships are about mutual respect, not control. Yeah. And too many sure. relationships, people are like, oh, I can change her. I can change him. Oh, I, I can see potential in that. I've just got to cultivate it. And it's like, no, maybe just maybe just accept the person for who Let them they be intentionally them. are. Because, I mean, I am exactly who I am by design. Like, I, I knew I was coming here today to do this podcast. That's by design. You didn't show like, up here accidentally? I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't show up here accidentally. Like, we had a time. I showed up. Like I didn't know. I, I didn't know. And I found myself here. So, and, and thank you for the donut. That was a nice surprise. I didn't mean to crash your family's morning. Uh, but uh, here oh, we are. Big's here. So, um, uh, care for a donut? Thank goodness we got six donuts. Well, what brings you to the neighborhood? <laughs> podcast day. Hey, guys. Happy podcast day. Here for the podcast. Um, so, no. I, I think... It, now, so I, I think if you're in a healthy relationship, then you're in a healthy relationship of, of mutual respect. And I think a lot of toxic relationships are one person is controlling another person. And it might be for the betterment of the family, but it's also like you, both parties need to have equal push and pull, I think. And, and you need to have the opportunity to sharpen your partner and like, and we, I mean, talking about the anger and the arguing thing, there have definitely been times where I have had to tell my wife and I've had to say to my wife in an argument, she needs to tell me, I'm not your adversary. I know you're mad right, at me, right, yeah, yeah. but I'm not your adversary and I'm not your enemy either. Yeah. And it's like, and to me, those are two very different things. I mean, I've said right. in my investigative travels where somebody's like, why are you, why are you making me your enemy? I'm like, you're not my enemy, you're my adversary. Yeah. It was like, I don't hate you at all, but like we're on opposite sides of right and wrong here. Mm -hmm. And I need her to tell me sometimes and keep me in check to say, you're not really mad at me right now. So let's, let's slow down and discuss what you're actually mad at because you're not mad at me and vice versa. And so I think having that kind of a relationship has been a breath of fresh air because I didn't have that the first time around. But I also candidly, I was not emotionally mature enough to have known that. Yeah. And my divorce set me on a path of now set me on a path of dating crazy for a while. <laughs> so there were some crazies <laughs> rebounds typically are crazy, typically not good. So, uh, yeah, um, that's enough of that. But, uh, <laughs> and so, and so, but I think it set me on a path of self discovery where I was trying to figure out who am I? Because, Honestly, I was scared to death to get to know who I was because I was afraid I wasn't going to like me. And so the more I did introspection and the more I got to know myself and the more I started to realize that there were good qualities there and good qualities that I thought were worth investing in. Right. The more and more surprised I was that I wasn't a toxic stain that I had convinced myself I was. Sure. And so, because I'm like, well, my gosh, man, I'm 30 and I've got a failed marriage. Those internal narratives, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it it was scary, but to force myself to that ledge and then force myself to jump off and just be like, let's see where this goes. Uh Like maybe I tumble down the mountain and die, or maybe I figure out how to glide down. And, um, yeah, I, I think we're not taught those introspective tools of how to manage, um, I think, I think school systems are starting, they call it SEL. And I think that's part of it where mm. we're getting into that social emotional learning. I've seen some of that, at least in, in the local schools that are around here. Um, 
but it, it is that narrative. And I know it's one thing that like it took probably, it probably took a decade of, of our marriage to get to that point where when we realized the other person was angry, like there was that place of clarification of expectation, right? Yeah. Hey, I, I feel like you're mad. Are you, is this, are you mad at me? Is there something that I've mm -hmm. done? And, and it was amazing that even something that simple a question um, could go, go go either way, right? Yeah. Um, oftentimes it was, no, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I'm frustrated. You know, whatever happened at work or whatever yeah. happened earlier yeah. or. I just got something else going on. Or, yeah. Or even the, the dream that's completely fabricated in my mind has me frustrated like but that question as a checkpoint of being like i'm not fighting you like i'm not right. i'm not doing this We're okay and so i i'm just asking you to step into that rational mind of like are you mad at me right and for them to step back and be like oh no i'm not I'm yeah. just, okay, you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be frustrated. Yeah. And now I'm going to come alongside you in your frustration. Sure. And we, we even created for us, we needed this in our in our marriage. Um, it, particularly at that time, we had three kids under the age of five years old. So we were foolish. On, on purpose? You, did, you had kids on purpose? You guys wanted, you wanted children? I plead the fifth. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, kids. Uh, but in that moment, um, we, we, we did ourselves... Staples had that um, easy button. They did a commercial mm -hmm. where you push the easy button. And so we kind of did the same thing. We're like, we gave, we gave our relationship permission to say that, hey, if anybody can say reset yeah. at any time. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if she came in, I was in the kitchen, she came in and automatically kind of there was this antagonizing spirit there it was kind of like hey well, i don't i don't know what's going on like you came in and just wanted to start picking fights oh, um man, and there. i don't <laughs> been there coming in everybody like, out. like i don't know what you're doing like but i don't if this is how the evening's gonna go like i'm out i have no welcome to wednesday right. <laughs> and so it became this thing where it was like let's reset like you go back you come back in and we're gonna try this again Right, and it was that moment that was like, "Oh yeah, like I, I'm dealing with work stuff or whatever." Yeah. And now when I come back into the room, I'm actually going to take it as it is and yeah. not projecting the rest of my day onto. It. And that that was a hard thing for us to get to of like, and it, it's so easy, like it's so simple. I'll say that yeah. it's so simple, not easy. It's simple, but it took some grinding to actually get sure. to that point of like, "Whoa, do we need to do a reset? Like let, let's yeah. let's rewind this back ten seconds." And then let's start over. Mm -hmm. And if you need to be angry, like that's okay, be angry. Mm -hmm. But you don't. You're not allowed to be angry at me unless I am the source unless of your anger. Yeah. And then let's yeah. process it. Yeah. But if boy, if you get two people that are angry at the same time, man, you just get you just get two rams backing up over and over again, well, that's and the crashing tea, against each that's other. The T and the T of T and T. Yeah. So it is that dynamite. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so it, it was interesting. Like, Cammy has sat, we had close friends that were going through a separation, and they asked, they're like, would you help counsel us, and do you mind if Cammy's there? And I'm like, ooh, I'm like, I'll have to ask Cammy if she cares to be in that space. Yeah. And I invited Cammy into that space, and we and we sat there that night with these friends mm -hmm. and listened to their story and their pain and their frustration of their marriage, and and we we, we were able to assist them. I don't think the marriage was saved. Um but we were able to assist them. But that night, I, that was the first time she sat in that with me. Mm -hmm. And when we 
when we were processing later, she said they were both saying the same things, but they weren't hearing each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's exactly it. Yeah. They were saying the exact same. She's she's not. Um, But it was that of like, no, there's these two. And and in that space, the other person becomes the crazy one. Yeah. They were, they're crazy. They're crazy because they weren't heard. They weren't seen. They weren't validated. I have, I'm going to tease this out because we're almost out of time. I have had a woman pull a gun on me. I've had a woman come at me with a knife, and I've had a woman throw a brick through my window. Three different women, so I do know something about <laughs> dating crazy. But I've never married crazy. Crazy is a thing. So, crazy yeah. is a thing. Crazy yeah. is a thing. Who did we offend today? Um, I, I, I don't think we offended your ex-wife. No, which is, we didn't. Well, well played. We didn't. Well, well played. I, 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 nice job. I, nice. Yeah, I, I don't wish her ill will. No, I, yeah. I mean, I just... <laughs> She's my ex-wife. But that was, she's a, that was a soft, small pitch. That could have you could have easily offended that. So well done avoiding that. Well, but I'm also not. I'm still not offensive towards her. Despite, yeah, no. Despite yeah, our, yeah. our dissolution yeah. of marriage, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Um, we always, offended I, anybody. I will who, say that wasn't always the case. No, I now I had some anger. There's been a process, but that was yeah. a lot of anger more at myself yeah. than than her. I just projected. Uh, we might have offended uh, uh, your wife who likes to clean the kitchen, and you've robbed her of those opportunities. Last Tuesday, I offended my wife by deep cleaning the kitchen. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we offended, offended your your soccer your soccer league. Oh my gosh! How dare you? Yeah, and the Chicago team. Bears for not uh, drafting Mahomes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, we offended anybody who thinks they're happily married and don't actually have oh, an inspection on problems. Yeah. We offended anybody who thinks they have shared responsibility or respect. But they're we offended anybody who likes to control yeah, their, their spouse. So. Yeah. Uh, but they don't know it. Yeah. Because they think their way is the right way. One of my takeaways from today, though, was that you had lingering thoughts about last recording yeah. session yeah. and some things that you want to get off your chest. And I'm really glad you did. Yeah. Thanks. I'm glad I, that you took this opportunity. Me too. To Cause that. I did not like the way that that, like even in saying that I was like, that's not true. Like mm. that's not true. You, you are not, you are not some nice polished person. Well, and I, but I appreciate you being real <laughs> with the listening audience. Yeah. Um, I listen to the economist for news. Yeah. And one of the things I love is that they'll do, um, they'll do like an apology for news they got wrong. So like a, a mundane thing the other day was they were like, we said that Tom Brady was a 15-time MVP. He had made the Pro Bowl 15 times. Uh, he was only MVP three times. Yeah. Our bad. Oh, yeah. Because I love at the end, they're just like, our bad. Our bad. <laughs> it's just bad. Like, we make a mistake. <laughs> we make mistakes. Yeah, they're like, here's a correction. Yeah. So um, yeah, I like that takeaway from you. Uh, yeah, here's the spirit heading out into the week. Uh, may you find the the disciplines or the practices or the rhythms that you need in life to actually see yourself as you really are. And if that will be uncomfortable, and in that space, may you find the person or two persons who can help you to be the guardrails to stay in that space and not spiral into... Um, self-deception of oblivion but to see you actually as you are both affirming the good and the bad that you offer to the world be rotten and sweet yeah yeah do those things yeah that's good that's good um thank you guys very much for tuning in to episode 29 audio episode three video oh that's pretty exciting yeah we appreciate you get to see our ugly mugs Sorry about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to start wearing sunglasses. Okay, you should do that. Yeah, they won't recognize you that way. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll switch spots. They'll, that's right. They'll never know it's me. I like that drink, although it's stiff. That was. That was bold. On to the next podcast. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks so for tuning in.